The Wings Over New Zealand show is brought to you in association with the Wings Over New Zealand Aviation Forum, New Zealand's number one aviation discussion forum online. There you'll find discussion on all aspects of New Zealand aviation, from history to current affairs and thousands of photos covering the Royal New Zealand Air Force, airlines, general aviation, warbird restorations, air show news, sport aviation, home building, gliding, aviation media and much, much more. You'll be in good company with other aviation enthusiasts, including pilots, engineers, warbird owners and restorers, historians and authors, modelers, aviation photographers and many others. Sign up to the Wings Over New Zealand community now. It's free and easy. Just Google Wings Over New Zealand and you'll find the forum. Hi, it's Matt Jolly from warbirdradio.com. Listen, I am thrilled to have Dave Homewood as part of our broadcast family and bring your stories, the stories of the RNZAF, heard right here on Wings Over New Zealand to our global audience. Thanks for listening. I hope to hear from you sometime at warbirdradio.com. G'day, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran. And we're from Plane Crazy Down Under, Australia's aviation show. And you can find us at planecrazydownunder.com. We reckon for the best coverage of the Kiwi warbird restoration and aviation scene, you can't go past Dave Homewood and the Wings Over New Zealand show. On you, Dave. Yeah, good on you, mate. Yeah, we've got to get to New Zealand soon. Where is that anyway? Well, it's where I grew up. I thought that was Brisbane. The Wings Over New Zealand show would like to acknowledge the great support it's had from Fly DC3. You can fly back in time with Fly DC3 from Ardmore Airport, charter the DC3 Dakota and fly into the past. It's an experience you'll never forget. Fly DC3. Go to www.flydc3.co.nz. Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood. Welcome to a Wings Over New Zealand show special presentation, marking the 70th anniversary of the Amiens Prison Raid. I'm your host, Dave Homewood. The Amiens Prison Raid is one of the most well-known and most daring air raids of World War II. It was carried out by the elements of three Mosquito Squadrons 
Number 487, New Zealand Squadron. Number 464, Squadron, Royal Australian Air Force. And number 21, Squadron, Royal Air Force. 18 mosquitoes took part in the raid, although not all bombed on the day. Covering the mosquitoes were 14 typhoons from two squadrons. The purpose of the daring low-level strike was to breach the walls of the Amiens prison in the north of France. The prison was under Gestapo control. Within its walls were 717 prisoners. Many of them were members of the French resistance and other political prisoners. The raid was led by Group Captain Percy Picard, known as Pick, a well-known and respected officer. He and Alan Broadley were shot down on the raid. In fact, they never even made it to the target. They were brought down by a German fighter. Also brought down on the raid was one of the 464 Squadron RAAF Mosquitoes. This was flown by Squadron Leader Ian McRitchie of Australia. His navigator was Flight Lieutenant Dick Sampson, Royal New Zealand Air Force. Dick came from the small town of Cambridge in the Waikato. The lead aircraft from 487 New Zealand Squadron managed to breach the walls as planned. Unfortunately, bombs hit a building within the complex, which managed to kill 102 of the prisoners, and also 74 of them were wounded. However, 258 more prisoners escaped, and 79 of them were members of the resistance or were political prisoners. Unfortunately, within 48 hours, two-thirds of those escapees had been recaptured, but a third of them managed to get away. It should also be remembered that two of the Typhoon pilots from number 174 Squadron failed to return from the operation, and one of them, Henry Shaw Brown, Royal Air Force Volunteer Reserve, was killed. The other, Flying Officer J.E. Reynard, was taken prisoner, as was Ian McRitchie. The skill of the Mosquito pilots flying at absolute low level in what was blizzard conditions to pinpoint bomb a target like a prison wall puts this raid above most others of the war. It has only recently come to light that the reasons that had been given for the last 60 odd years for the raid were in fact lies. The official story for all of those decades was that Around a hundred of the resistance workers were scheduled to be executed the next day and that the RAF had to help them escape as they were needed to help with the invasion plans. Another story put out was that there was a British agent in the prison who was being tortured and he knew too much about the Allied invasion and such a distraction as this escape attempt had to be brought to try and help him escape. It has come to light in the last couple of years that both of those claims were baseless. There is no evidence that any of the prisoners were scheduled for execution and no evidence of an agent being tortured at the time. There is also no evidence that the French had contacted the British urgently asking for the raid. It remains a mystery today who actually ordered the raid, but regardless of that the actual men who took part in the in the three mosquito squadrons and the two typhoon squadrons in this incredible operation who had no idea of the politics behind it carried out one of the most incredible feats of the war because of this the men are celebrated 
on the 70th anniversary of the air raid. On Sunday the 16th of February 2014, the first of the commemorations took place at former RAF Hunsdon, where the mosquitoes took off from. The mosquitoes, all belonging to number 140 wing, were based at Hunsdon, and for many years now, the local Hertfordshire Airfield Memorial Society have marked the raid annually. This year, all the stops were pulled out for a very special celebration. We go now to Hunsdon, where our special correspondent, Dennis Sharp, recorded the following. And just by the way, right near the memorial where this was taking place is a shooting range. So the gunfire you can hear is just that. Hello. It's a bright sunny morning here on what's left of RAF Hunsdon in Hertfordshire where there is quite a gathering of people here today for the 70th anniversary of the Amiens prison raid which was flown by 140 wing consisting of uh, 487 New Zealand squadron, 464 Royal Australian Air Force and 21 squadron Royal Air Force who bombed the walls of the prison in Amiens in northern France on the 18th of February 1944. We're gathered here today, there's a good crowd of us, the weather's bright blue sky, the wind has dropped and we've got a decent crowd behind us here today for this uh, memorial service. Things don't always run smoothly and uh, a few additions to the service sheet uh, made over the last few days have uh, caused things to go slightly awry, but we hope to uh, hope to have a good uh, remembrance service here today, on this Sunday. It's good to see so many here, including some from New Zealand, good to see the Air Cadets and British Legion and others. Um, we've come to remember before God all who took part in that operation, in particular those who lost their lives. Now may we move straight into the order of service which I hope you have all got. I ought also to have said we're very grateful to those who organised this day including the very fine weather. So we move into the order of service. This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. And from Isaiah, they who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint and a collect for the Royal Air Force. Almighty God, who makes the clouds thy chariots and walks upon the wings of the storm, look in mercy, we pray, upon the Royal Air Force. Make them a tower of strength to our Queen and country. Help them to do their duty with prudence and with fearlessness, confident that in life or in death the eternal God is their refuge and strength. Grant this for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen.
man. Now Psalm 46 we have used before at this service and it is in fact a scripture that this country has particularly treasured in time of war and at times of other national tragedy. It has, in view of recent weather, slightly unfortunate verses in the middle about the rivers of flood, but they weren't chosen for that reason. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will we not fear, though the earth be moved and though the hills be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters rage and swell and though the mountains shake at the tempest of the same. The rivers of the flood shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most Highest. God is in the midst of her, therefore shall she not be moved. God shall help her, and that's right early. The heathens raged, the kingdoms were moved, he uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge. And then at the end of the psalm, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen, I will be exalted in all the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge. Now this isn't the time for a, uh, a sermon or an address. Uh, I just wanted to say how very special it is uh, to have with us um, personal representatives of uh, Flight Lieutenant Richard Sampson and to have a message which will be read out later in the village hall uh, from the granddaughter of Group Captain Pick Picard. Um, he was only 28 when he lost his life and um, Flight Lieutenant Bradley was only 23. Flight Lieutenant Sampson was 39 having reduced his age in order to be able to join up. So they came from slightly different age groups but to me now all of them were so very young and gave so much and we are here to honour their memory. Uh, we can say with that psalm the Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge. And so if, if you would please look at your service sheets, we, we, we turn to God in prayer. Um, as requested on the service sheet, when I say, Lord God of mercy, would you please respond, give us peace. As we stand in this place whose history is known to us all, let us ask that God may give us peace. Lord God of mercy, we pray for all members of the armed forces, this and other countries, who are in danger this day, remembering families, friends and all who pray for their safe return. Lord God of mercy, we pray for peacemakers and peacekeepers who seek to keep this world secure and free. Lord God of mercy, we pray for all who bear the responsibility of leadership in every field, political, civil, military or spiritual, for wisdom, humility and resolve in the search for reconciliation.
Lord God of mercy. And so we continue in prayer. God of truth and justice, we remember today those who passed through this place in a more troubled hour. In particular, those who 70 years ago embarked upon the difficult and hazardous raid on the Amiens prison to free others and those who died in that endeavour. We acknowledge to you our gratitude for their valour and indeed our thankfulness to all who gave themselves for us and for our freedom. All who served at this air station. We remember those whose memory we cherish and all those who served here, flight crews, ground personnel and leaders, to all of whom we owe so much. Father, help us to lift our eyes above the torment of this broken world. As we honour the past, may we put our faith in your future. For you are the God spoken of in our psalm, our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Amen. And can we join together in the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Flight, Lieutenant. Richard Webb Sampson. Flight Lieutenant Alan Broadley. Group Captain Percy Charles Picard. In friendship and in service one to another, we are pledged to keep alive the memory of those of all nations who died in the Royal Air Force and in the Air Forces of the Commonwealth. In their name we give ourselves to this noble cause. Proudly and thankfully we will remember them. We will remember them.
reef now being laid on the behalf of the Nazian Royal Air Force Association. <coughs> Two reefs being laid, one on behalf of Nicole Picard and the other on behalf of Jenny Boone, the niece of Dick Sampson. on behalf of the Lodge of the Legion. A reef on behalf of Hunsdon Parish Council by Mr David Gibbs. On behalf of the Hertfordshire Airfields Memorial Group by Michael Dent. When you go home, tell them of us and say, for your tomorrow, we gave out today. They shall not grow old as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun, and in the morning, we will remember them, we will lest, we remember them. lest we forget. As we remember those whose names we have heard read, and all who have served this country and countries of the Commonwealth in time of war in this place, let us thank God for them, for their sacrifice and for that of their families and let us pray for ourselves as we go from here. To your care and protection, O Lord, we now commit ourselves. Of your goodness, forgive us. With your love, inspire us. By your spirit, guide us. In your mercy, keep us. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with us and with all whom we love, this day and always. Amen. Okay. Hello, I'm Andrew Payne, the Operations Director at Framlingham College, where Pick was uh, a boy before he joined the Air Force. Uh, this week we were presented with a, a magnificent oil painting uh, by uh, Patrick Cotton, and it was painted in memory of the raid on Amiens Prison, and presented to us by Patrick Taylor, who was a boy at the school and was a friend of Pick's during, uh, before the war. Um, we are very proud of our old boy, uh, Picard, and uh, I'm very pleased to be able to represent Framlingham College 
here today at this very important occasion. Thank you very much. Okay. Glenn Thompson. Hello, uh, Glenn. I'm the chairman of the local history society in Hunsford. I thought today was absolutely marvellous. At least it commemorated those brave men who undertook that exercise six, 70 years ago now. And it's unfortunate that we probably won't be able to continue celebrating this uh, into the future. But today was really very marvellous indeed. Thank you, Glenn. Uh, my name's Jim Cosgrove, uh, one of the members of the Hertfordshire Airfield Memorial Group and we're here today to commemorate the 70th anniversary of Operation Jericho, as it is now called. Um, we had a great turnout today, about at least 100 people on the airfield. Uh, it's been a lovely sunny day, so we had a great fly past uh, from a, a local hurricane and uh, we're here to remember all those brave men from all those years ago and uh, well just to remember the great camaraderie of all the uh, allied forces, the commonwealth forces. Thank you Jim. Hello, my name's Lyndon Goff and I um, live in Hartford, which is not far from Hunsdon, and it was my privilege today to lay a wreath on behalf of Dick Sampson's niece, um, and it was a beautiful day, and they even brought out the long white cloud for you. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Arthur Wingate, and I was born in Hunsdon in 1923, and I'll still come back here now. I got called up in the Air Force and did my flying in the Middle East. So I never flew from Hunsdon at all. But um, I always like to come back to the old village and particularly the village hall where we are at the moment because I played badminton in this village hall under oil lamps in the 1930s which, which is a long while ago now but, um, and I've been back and given a talk to the Hunsdon History Society about um, life in the village in the 20s when we used to get the water out of the pump and, and things like that. But that's all long ago and far away now. But I still enjoy coming back to the old village where I was born and bred. What did you think of today's service? Very good, today's service. Yes, I enjoyed that. As soon as I knew it was on, my grandson, he's in the ATC, and uh, well, three generations of us here today. And um, yes, it was good to come and see the ATC there, because they're a good um, organisation. And at the end of March, they've got their annual dinner and dance, and we're all going to that at the amazing um, golf club. Great. Well, I hope you have an enjoyable day, and thanks for coming today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, uh, I'm, I'm very honoured to be be here today because uh, um, I am a World War II veteran and uh, uh, the memorial of that is, is something that's very close to me. Uh, 
You were here as standard bearer, weren't you? Right. Yeah. You yeah. Was on, uh, actually, yes. we've won the I've standards. Been, yeah. I've been branch standard bearer since 1957. Uh, I'm also uh, secretary of the branch. And uh, as I say, we we try to support the, the memorial group as much as we possibly can because they're a great, great set of chaps and it's a pleasure to, to work with them. And today, you thought of today? Uh, today has been a, a fantastic day. The weather was kind to us. Uh, there was a fantastic turnout. We reckon there was about a hundred people people there, and uh, I was very proud to c carry the standard again. And uh, as I say, the uh, uh, the fly past was absolutely fantastic. Thank you, Roy. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah, good. My name is Martin Goff. I'm reading a message on behalf of Nicole Pickard. A loving message from Percy Charles Pickard's granddaughter. I really wish with all my heart that I could have been with you today to join you as you gather and remember Richard Sampson, Alan Broadley and my grandfather, Percy Charles Pickard. I was not fortunate enough to have known my grandfather, but I do know that he was one of the bravest men this world has ever known. I know this because of my wonderful grandmother, Dorothy. I was very privileged to have spent time with her, listening to her speak about Pick and the war. Through her, I built up a picture of him in my heart that will never fade. I visited Amiens in 1994 with my grandmother. It was the 50th anniversary of the Amiens prison raid, and that is when I truly understood what it was that they achieved and just how amazing and brave they were. I was overwhelmed when I realised the enormity of what those remarkable men did. I was honoured to meet Ian McRitchie, Bob Fowler, Arthur Dunlop and one of the members of the French Resistance, whose name I unfortunately do not know, that escaped from the prison during the raid. It breaks my heart that there are so few people left who truly understand how great those brave young men were all those years ago. And so, I urge you to pass your knowledge on to your children and grandchildren, just as Dorothy did with me, so that they too will never forget the sacrifices we were made during the war for freedom and for our future. Again, I thank you so much for coming together to honour the men who are my heroes, today and every day for the rest of my lives. Lest we forget, at the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. Nicole Picard, Johannesburg, South Africa.
Two days later, half a world away, in the town of Cambridge, New Zealand, another gathering at another war memorial, the Cambridge Cenotaph. One of the many names on that cenotaph, Richard Webb Sampson. This poignant little gathering was instigated by Dick's niece, Jenny Boone. Hey, I'm talking with Jenny Boone, who is the niece of Dick Sampson. Today is a very special day. Can you tell me about it? Yes, today is the 70th anniversary of my uncle Dick Sampson, when he was killed returning to England after the raid on the army in prison. Um, he was my godfather, one of two uncles who were killed in the war, unmarried, and therefore no children, so I have been left the only one of our generation of Sampson. Right, right, yeah. And so you've um, carried on the memory of um, what he and your other uncle Henry did chum. Oh, well I didn't know much about them, it's just after Roger read in a book how Uncle Dick had been shot down in the raid on the army in prison, suddenly we're reading it live and I've got an acquiring mind so I followed things up and we have been to France and visited his grave and visited his um, crash landing spot uh, with Pierre Ben, um, a young historian over there and we've had an amazing experience in France. What was it like to visit the crash site where he died? Oh it was actually it had been a field of swede or something at that stage but which was amazing we were with an old fellow called Henry Morgan who at the time of the crash he'd only been 18 bicycling home from the University of Armion and he witnessed the crash. Right. So um, we stood in the field exactly, he could show us where it was and afterwards we visited his house and he entertained us with strawberry wine. It was quite an experience <laughs> in itself. Excellent. And you know today is the 70th anniversary of the raid and of your uncle's death and We've gathered in Cambridge to mark that, which is quite a special event in itself. And tell, tell us how this came about. Well, I was always, Roger and I, my husband, we were coming up here anyway because I knew it was the 70th anniversary. And then I phoned Dave and said, well, what about coming and meeting us and having lunch? And then I thought of a couple of other people who we might ask. Yep. And suddenly everything's ricocheted on. <laughs> Now my, two of my sons are coming up, which is fabulous, and the RSA have become involved. And Yeah, very, very um, much so. It's all a bit more than I thought it was going to be, really. It's, it's great how, the after all these years, the community sort of is rallying to to remember Dick. Yeah, well, it's, it's funny, but I've always had a bit of a feeling of Cambridge. I suppose it's because I knew the boys farmed out of here at Tamiro, and... Um, We've got a tray, I've given it to one of my sons of Uncle Dick point to pointing. Um, we've always hunted, so we've been sort of, a guess, a bit of an alien with the Waikato hunt. There's just been something there that, um, plus I, I'm now become, I've known the godson of Dick, whose father, Ned Brown, was a very special friend of Dick's, and they were all involved in hunting right, in right. the Waikato area. So. I guess when I look at our war, we pretty much like Dick and Chum and my father and you know the genes all follow on I think. Right, right. Okay.
I'm Jenny Boone from Wanganui. Um, before my marriage to Roger here, I was Jenny Sampson. I'm actually the only one of our generation um, of Sampsons, being an only child, and both my uncles killed in the war, both unmarried, therefore I am the only one. We do, however, have three sons, John and Mark, here with us today. Um, they've left their farms in Waverley this morning, so I really do appreciate them coming. Our other son, Tom, um, unfortunately had to chair a meeting in Wellington today, otherwise he would have loved to have been with us. Um, today I always knew it was Dick's anniversary, um, and I planned to visit him in Cambridge. I phoned Dave Homewood um, to say what we were doing and perhaps he would like to come and have lunch with us afterwards and since then all sorts of things have happened. Um, I'm not too sure how Dave ever found me, we haven't worked that out today no. either, <laughs> but the internet and things have amazing um, information. Um, but he has given me all the information. I didn't even know that Dick's name was on this plaque behind me and he and his brother Chum are out at the rugby fields on the gates there too. So thanks Dave. If it hadn't been for you, I wouldn't have had a clue that they were here in Cambridge. No um, through Dave and the internet earlier this year, um, a man from England, Dead Sharp, contacted me asking if I'd go over to service that they were having at the Hunson airfield in England. Um, this was where the flyers all left on their mission. Um, I was very tempted to go but sense prevailed in the end and I sent lots of photos and information for Dennis instead. Today the New Zealand flag is flying over the Hunson airport in memorial of Dick and I feel very proud to think that he has been recognised, maybe at last. Um, also today in France, a Frenchman we met 10 years ago, Pierre Ben. Um, he has some English historians over there with him. They also are having a memorial and they are visiting Dick's grave at Puy de Picardy and they are laying a roof there for Dick which was special. Um, they also are going to visit the crash site at Villaroy um, where Dick and his Australian friend and great friend and pilot Ian McRitchie where they crashed um, on their way back after the raid um, and by the Germans. All in all it's a very special day for our family and I thank you all for being here with us today. Um, Noel here beside me, I can't thank you enough for being here. Through our Frenchman Pierre, we yeah. made contact with yeah. Noel a few years ago. Noel was actually lying in the rushes from the Somme River, having his plane crash, right? Yeah. And when the army and boys flew over. So Noel, thank you for coming today, it was really special. Thank you are here with us.
Well, that's going to be here too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd also like to thank the Cambridge RSA and Ray. Um, it's great that you're here to honour Dick Sampson and I really do appreciate all that you have done and are doing for us today. Um, Dick Sampson was born in 1906 and with his parents lived in the Danneberg area. The family later moved to a farm at Timero, uh, Cambridge. Dick was the middle son of Jenny and Percy Sampson. My father Ted was the eldest and Henry known as Chum, the youngest. Dick enjoyed all sports, especially horse-related ones, a trend that has continued on with our family. In January 1940, Dick, then a stock agent in the Cambridge area, applied for war service with the RAF. Already a pilot with the Auckland Aero Club, he understated his age by three years, so he was obviously keen to go to war. He quickly rose through the ranks and in 1943 he was made a flight lieutenant. After training and navigational duties, he was posted to number 464 squadron, where he became the navigator of a Mosquito fighter. Flying with the RAAF at this stage, on February 18, 1944, Dick and his Australian pilot and great friend Ian McRitchie flew their de Havilland Mosquito bomber MM404 to Armion. Their mission was to fly from the west and to bomb the prison area where the German guards were having their lunch. This they did successfully, but sadly were hit by German flak on their way back to England. Dave's going to tell you a bit more about the rain. Never mind, As I was born in 1939, the war meant nothing to me. I have no memory of my two uncles at all, apart from, later, from photos that I saw later on. Dick was my godfather and he left me a gold watch. My parents and grandmother never spoke of these boys, but well I remember my grandmother saying her prayers at night and crying for her boys. Dick was always said to have been a great guy. I'm sure my parents and grandmother never really knew how he was killed. He was reported as being missing until seven months later news arrived that he was confirmed to confirm his death. Twelve years ago, Roger was reading an RAF book in the library. He was suddenly reading how Dick Sampson was killed. The army and raid was unheard of to us, as it still seems to be to many, but this news set me into action. I gathered all the information I could from the war office, and I then wrote to the mayor of Amiens. This letter introduced us to Pierre Ben, a young aviation historian who lives around the Amiens area. And 10 years ago, Roger and I flew to France. This was a very special time of my life. Dick's grave is outside a beautiful church at Puy de Picardy. It is not a war cemetery, but it is a village gravesite. It's really quite lovely. We visited the crash site uh, landing at Villaroy and read Hen met Henry Morgan. He was then an old man, but at 18, cycling back from Armion, the university, he witnessed the crash. Uh, yeah, he witnessed MM404 crashing. Old Henry was a bit of a character and we went into his house and I'd never had strawberry wine before, but it was 
quite something. Um, army in prison, of course, we saw, and it just now has new bricks where the walls were bombed. We had an incredible experience in France, and having read so much about the raid previously, here we were driving up the tree-lined Almiens Albert Road, the road the mosquitoes had followed, then covered in snow on their attack to the prison walls. Dick's younger brother Chum was a member of a Stirling bomber on their way to a raid at Saarbrücken, Germany. The raid included 291 aircraft, 10 of which were lost. Chum Stirling was shot down by a night fighter. He was 34 and his war effort as an air gunner had lasted for 10 days, 112 hours. Roger and I also visited Chum's grave at the Chaloy British Cemetery, where he, along with his crew, were interred. We will always keep in touch with Pierre. The only time he wasn't happy was when we beat him in the World Cup final. <laughs> I'm very proud to be the niece of Richard Webb Sampson and Harry Wool Sampson. They both gave their lives for our country. And again, thank you all so much for being here with us today. Thank you. Well, as you know, we're gathered here to commemorate and remember the daring attack made upon the Amiens prison in the north of France. 70 years ago on the 18th of February 1944 and we remember a more personal connection to the town of Cambridge our own Dick Sampson who was killed on the raid. It was a bleak wintry day 70 years ago when 18 de Havilland mosquitoes lifted off from RAF Hunsdon. The uh, crews of 17 of the mosquitoes came from number 487 New Zealand squadron, number 464 Royal Australian Air Force and number 21 Squadron Royal Air Force. All belong to Hunsdon's number 140 or 140 wing. Um, also there was uh, an 18th aircraft which was a photo reconnaissance mosquito which filmed the operation. The uh, raid was led by Group Captain Percy Picard with his navigator Flight Lieutenant Alan Broadley and the purpose of the operation was to bomb and breach the walls at the Amiens prison. The prison was under Gestapo control in German-held France. Within its walls were 717 prisoners, many of whom were members of the French resistance and political prisoners. The story is well known, and the men flew at extremely low level and poor weather to reach the prison and make the attack. Mosquitoes of the Kiwi Squadron were the first to drop their bombs, followed by some of the Australian mosquitoes to finish the job, and the northern wall was successfully breached. One of those mosquitoes that actually dropped the bombs on the wall was Dick's mosquito. Two more of the Kiwi mosquitoes also attacked the nearby railway station as a diversion, and two of the Australian mosquitoes attacked the guardhouse um, which resulted in many of the German guards being killed and also around a hundred of the prisoners with 70 more, 74 more being wounded. It was at that point that the prisoners were seen to be streaming out of the gap in the wall so number 21 squadron's aircraft were signalled to stand down. The job had been done and the mosquitoes all left for home. 
In all, 258 prisoners escaped, but 182 of them were soon recaptured, probably within 48 hours. The railway station attack had however delayed German troops from getting to the scene to start the hunt for escapees by two hours, which must have aided in the remaining 76 escapees getting clean away from captivity. The raid had been a success, however a Focke-Wulf 190 fighter had attacked Picard's aircraft uh, before they even got to the actual prison and he and Broadley had been shot down and killed. Two of their fighter cover also, which included, which was actually 14 Hawker Typhoons um, ensuring that to keep the fighters away, were also uh, shot down. Flying Officer J.E. Renaud uh, became a POW and sadly Flight Sergeant Henry Brown was killed. One more was to die in the operation. Also shot down, this time by flak on the way home, was number 464 Squadron Mosquito, flown by Ian McRitchie with Dick Sampson. Ian survived the crash to become a prisoner. Dick did not, and his name is here on the Cenotaph in Cambridge. As we've heard, Richard Webb Sampson was born in Dannyburg, but he moved to Tamero in the Cambridge district with his parents, Percy and Jeannie, and his brothers as a teenager sometime around or before 1921. He became a farmer at Tamero after leaving school, and by the time war broke out, Dick was a much respected member of the Cambridge community. In June 1940, Dick joined the Royal New Zealand Air Force and began training as an air gunner. He would go on to serve in England as an air gunner with number 151 squadron flying in Bolton Pool defiant night fighters and he was credited with destroying two German bombers during the Blitz. He would then retrain as a navigator and ended up as Jenny said with number 464 squadron Royal Australian Air Force. He flew a total of 74 operations which is a very high number before his death. When soldiers, sailors and airmen had completed their military training in New Zealand and were posted overseas uh, to either further training or to go straight into action, it was usual for them to be given a final leave, which they would usually spend at home with family and friends. When final leave was spent here in the town of Cambridge, um, the Cambridge people customarily gave them a, a send-off farewell uh, right here at the Cambridge Town Hall which we're standing in front of. The farewell would include speeches usually from the Mayor Edgar James and the President of the RSA and possibly in some cases family members of those who were leaving. There would be a supper laid on by the ladies of the town and the Patriotic Fund organisation would present a gift. Airmen usually got a leather wallet. Then there would usually be a dance afterwards. Many hundreds of Cambridge boys were farewelled here at the hall. It is likely that Dick was given one of these farewells right here before he went overseas. He never got the opportunity to have one of the welcome home dances that they also held here. But he is still here on our cenotaph. His little brother Henry, who was known as Harry, 
but known to his family and mates as Chum, should also be on the cenotaph. He also joined the RNZAF, as Jenny said, and went to England and flew in the RAF and never returned. It is a mystery why his name is not on the panel here beside Dick's name. But there are actually many others missing too. Some, like Chum, have their names on the war memorial at Rugby Park in Taylor Street. In my research I have done for the Wings Over Cambridge website, which is devoted to the memory of Cambridge people who served in the Air Force, the list of names of Cambridge airmen killed in World War II is now up to 64 airmen. That is 30% of the 211 Cambridge men known to, known to have served in the Air Force in World War II. It's rather startling, isn't it? 30%. Three in every 10 people didn't come home. It is through my Wings Over Cambridge website that I first had contact a few years back with Jenny Boone. She contacted me, I thought, apparently I might have contacted her, we can't remember, um, after seeing the pages, somebody saw the pages and put me in touch with her, uh, on her Uncle Dick and her Uncle Chum, and she kindly supplied me with extra information. This website has put me in touch with so many others like her, other nieces and nephews, sons and daughters, widows or grandchildren, who have been able to help me piece together the stories of these men and women of our town who served in the Air Force. Or, in many cases, I have been able to help them piece together the stories of their family members that they never knew. It has also put me in touch with many of the airmen and the WAFs themselves, those still living at the time. Over the past 10 years that I've worked on my Wings Over Cambridge project, I've had many friends and with, I've made, sorry, I've made many friends with the veterans. Now most of them are sadly gone too. It's really good to see a lot of you here today though, it's wonderful. It will be 10 years since I first instigated putting the plaque uh, under the tree um, over there behind us that is dedicated to all those in the town who served so that as well as those who never came back, the ones who returned and carried on with their lives will also be remembered. I think of them every time I come past this place. As I said, I've met many, many people through this re research that I've been doing for the last 10 years, but this is the first such personal ceremony for one of our individual fallen heroes that I've actually been involved in like this, and I think it is rather special. And to be able to remember Dick's life and his contribution, while also remembering the bravery of his squadron mates and the men in his wing who carried out the famous army on prison raid 70 years ago, is a real privilege. I want to thank everybody who has turned out today, the RSA President Ray Tocker, who's worked hard to help us, all the RSA members, um, John Hargraves, our, our bugler, World War II veteran Noel Helene, who's come to be with us um, from Hamilton, and also I want to thank uh, Viv from the Cambridge Edition, who's going to help carry on uh, spreading the story of what Dick did during the war. Um, and I especially want to thank Jenny and Roger and all the Boone family um, for allowing us to do this. It's been a very special event. Thank you very much. And I'll just add to that a bit of thanks that you've given to Ken Royston, who's sitting up organising the film that we're going to show later on about the race. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ken Royston is setting up a, a, a computer just in the Victoria room 
showing the, the ray that was taken from that photo reconnaissance mosquito. Um, you'll be able to see it after the, after the uh, ceremony. Well, um, we'll then call on John. We now go to another British correspondent, Tom Allett. Tom's lifelong interest in World War II history eventually led him to become the editor of Memorial Flight magazine. It is produced by an all-volunteer charity group, Lincolnshire's Lancaster Association in the UK, which over the last 40 years has raised funds for RAF-related good causes, such as memorials and historic aircraft. The association and its magazine routinely honours the memory of those who died serving their countries. Also on the 18th of February, but on the other side of the world, Tom Allett was in France. Today the freedoms brought for us at great cost by our fathers and grandfathers generations are often taken for granted. The association's membership is made up of people who believe we must remember the sacrifice made by those previous generations so it routinely recalls the battles they fought. Although controversy surrounds the reasons why the Amiens raid took place the skill and courage of the aircrew that took part is beyond doubt. Now all, the, all of those aircrew have passed away it seemed to me that it was especially important that someone made the effort to mark the anniversary of the raid so that's what I set out to do. Originally I thought just a small group of fellow association members, some from the UK and some from Holland, would basically drive over to France, visit the two mosquito crash sites, lay reeds at the graves of the man killed, hold a two minute silence, and I would record the event for the magazine. But everything started to grow after I spoke to Dennis Sharp. He's a member of the team who built the memorial at the former RAF Hunsdon, where the aircraft took off from. He had arranged a memorial service to take place at Hunsdon on the morning of the 16th of February, so we made that our first point of call on the trip. Thankfully, after several weeks of awful weather, including all-time record rainfall, that Sunday morning was blessed by clear blue skies so the event went ahead without a hitch and the local aircraft owner Peter Teichman performed several fly passes in his Hawker Hurricane. Dennis not only set up the Hunsdon service and the Hurricane fly past, back in January he'd also put us in touch with the Amiens based historian Pierre Ben 
In a matter of weeks, a number of people with close links to the Amiens raid were also joining in with aspects of our itinerary of the two-day trip to France. These included Claire and Trevor Pepper, the niece and nephew of the RAF navigator Alan Broadley, who was killed on the raid. Upon arrival in Amiens, the first thing we did was visit the jail, as the majority of those that were killed during the raid were French nationals in and around the jail. Next we moved on to visit the field where Ian McRidgey and Dick Sampson's aircraft had crash-landed. There, 86-year-old Henri Morgan, who had seen the Mosquito the day after it had crashed, insisted on guiding us out across the muddy fields to the crash site, despite the bitterly cold weather. In February 1944, Henri Morgan was a 16-year-old agriculture student studying in Amiens. Standing at the spot where Ian McRitchie and Dick Sampson's mosquito had crashed exactly 70 years earlier, he recalled what he saw. My college course broke up for its half-term holiday on February the 19th, the day after the jailbreak ride, so I set off to cycle the 30 kilometres to my parents' home in the village of Villaroy. With little more than a kilometre to go, I saw a mosquito aircraft lying in a snow-covered field at a place called Van. My friends told me the aircraft had been shot down by one of the many German anti-aircraft gun teams that were dotted around the area. They said that after the aircraft had come to rest, German soldiers left their guns and ran to the aircraft. The navigator, Dick Sampson, was already dead having been killed outright by a German cannon shell. But his injured pilot, Ian McRitchie, had been able to make a high-speed, wheels-up landing in the snow. Sampson's body was initially placed in a nearby barn that has since been demolished. McRitchie was taken to hospital in Amiens before becoming a prisoner of war. Several days passed before the aircraft was dismantled and recovered. By the time the Germans photographed the aircraft, most of the snow had melted, so the pictures you may have seen of the crash scene look very different to how it appeared on February the 18th. Pierre Ben. We visited the uh, Mac Ritchie and Sampson crash site and I wondered uh, what your thoughts were about how important it is to remember those people lost 70 years ago. Déjà initialement, je pense que c'est parce que je suis passionné par l'histoire de l'aviation et, et à la suite de ça, comme j'ai eu l'occasion, le plaisir de rentrer en contact avec des descendants de la famille, forcément, ça m'a encore plus passionné. Uh, from uh, in his family and uh, friends etc um, who are interested in uh, that so that uh, he uh, became interested in this very very early when he was young and um, he thinks that it's uh, very important for him to uh, make all these people uh, 
live again, if we can uh, say. Okay. D'autant plus que je suis rentré en contact avec la nièce de Samson, celui qui est décédé, qui est mort, qui est enterré là-bas. Et il y a dix ans, je lui ai montré la tombe parce que jamais personne depuis 1944 était venu sur la tombe. En fait, c'est la première personne. Et par personne intermédiaire, on, on, on la, enfin, moi, je la connais bien parce que je l'ai rencontré. Et donc, Tom est également en contact avec un de ses amis qui est en contact direct avec elle. En fait, c'est comme ça qu'il m'a qu retrouvé, lui, aujourd'hui. Voilà. Voilà. Alors, il dit aussi que c'est ce qui est important. Ce qui est important, c'est important, c'est qu'il a eu contact avec des gens. Il m'a dit à une nièce de uh, Samson, tu l'as dit Samson. Il est en contact avec elle. Et vous aussi êtes en contact avec lui. Et comme ça, il sait qu'il a connaître beaucoup de personnes concernées par ce problème. From the crash site, we drove to the cemetery in Poire, where the New Zealander Dick Sampson is buried. Together with a member of Pierre Ben's local aviation history group, we read out the names of those lost on the ride and placed two wreaths at Dick's grave. That wreath, supplied by Lincolnshire Lancaster Association, carried a message of pride and remembrance from Jenny Boone in New Zealand, Dick's niece and only living relative. After laying wreaths at the graves of Percy Pickard and Alan Broadley, we met Mr Van Vinkt, whose father was a member of the French Resistance. His father had escaped from the jail during the bomb run and lived in a local safe house until after Amiens was liberated later that year. Next we moved to the village of St Gratin, where Percy Pickard and Alan Broadley's aircraft were shot down. The centre of a farmer's field was marked with a Union Jack which indicated the impact point. Their crash was a much more violent impact and small pieces of their aircraft were still at the scene. A light aircraft from the local flying school performed three flypasts over the crash site at the appropriate hour. Here we met Jean-Paul Durand, whose father was one of the villagers who had rushed the scene of the crash 70 years to the hour earlier. Sadly, of course, the airmen were beyond help. Afterwards, the Mayor of St. Gratin unveiled a small exhibition about the Amiens ride in the town hall and then hosted a lunch for around 30 people who were in some way connected to the ride. While this took place, local school children were given a guided tour of the town hall exhibition. Amongst the lunch guests were Dr. Jean-Philippe Ducellier, author of the book Amiens Ride, Secrets Revealed. He has been fascinated by the ride and the reasons behind it for more than 20 years. His long-time research disproves the official version of events of the ride and puts to an end several myths associated with it but acknowledges the skill of the aircrew that took part. Oui, alors je suis intéressé <coughs> par toutes ces histoires pour connaître la vérité. Parce que pour notre histoire, de, pour le groupe Captain Picard, il n'y a pas de problème, bien que son histoire est très très intéressante. Mais pour cette attaque de la prison, euh, la version présentée, la version officielle britannique, est totalement fausse et fausse volontairement. Mm. Oui. So, il dit qu'il simplement veut savoir la vérité. 
because he thinks that uh, about the prison, so the British, the British lies, and uh, so uh, he uh, really wants to know the truth. He, uh, he means that uh, the, the British didn't give the right version. Okay. <laughs> um, can you ask him how, how many people he has spoken to uh, about this raid? You know, he must have researched this uh, story with many, many local people. Mm -hmm. How many, maybe? Je, avec mon ami Pierre Ben et quelques, quelques amis, mais surtout mon épouse, où nous avons fait toutes nos recherches à Kew Gardens, dans le Public Record Office, National Archive à Londres. C'est là où nous avons trouvé l'essentiel des éléments. Je vous laisse traduire parce oui. que après ça va être long. Oui. Donc, euh, Je n'ai pas fini après. Hein. <rire> donc, donc euh, il, a, il a fait ses recherches euh, avec... Euh, uh, son English. <rire> 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 I'm getting lost. <rire> so, uh, <rire> become crazy. <laughs> um, he, la, he's, he uh, started this research uh, with uh, Pierre, Pierre Ben, ben and uh, especially his uh, wife, mm -hmm. uh, and um, the in London, especially in, in London. Kew, Kew Garden. Kew Garden, uh, yeah. yeah, right. National Archive. National, yeah, right. And, uh, and, and? And... Oui, attendez. Euh, avec mon épouse. Donc, nous avons trouvé l'essentiel des documents à Londres. Nous avons pu prouver que la majorité des documents qui étaient présentés était une version totalement fausse. Nous avons pu prouver que le ménage, le ménage, le les documents compromettants ont été détruits à partir du 19 février 1944, dans les archives. Maintenant, on peut consulter toutes les archives, mais le 19 février, nous avons la preuve que les documents compromettants donnant la version officielle ont été détruits à cette époque. On the 19th of February uh, 1944, mm -hmm. and uh, so uh, now you can uh, you can uh, consult all the, <laughs> the uh, archives. So that, yeah. but uh, but uh, 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 all everything has been destroyed. So that. Okay. Yes. Could he um, tell me um, his opinion of the uh, air crew that took? part in the ride. They show great skill. In, um, that the, um, the pilots showed great uh, skill in uh, flying at low level in bad weather. And I wondered if uh, Mr. Ducellier could give us his, his opinion of the the men who took part in the ride. Quel est votre avis sur le... Les, les hommes qui ont, donc, qui ont participé, donc les pilotes là, qui ont participé euh, à ce raid et qui, euh, il paraît qu'ils faisaient mauvais temps oui. et qu'ils volaient très bas. Oui, voilà. c'était le plan. Voilà. Le plan de vol était de voler très bas. Mmh. Les pilotes ont fait un travail magnifique, 
Mais en réalité, il n'était certainement pas pré prévenu de la véritable raison. Mmh. Il croyait, comme on leur avait dit, qu'il s'agissait de libérer des résistants condamnés à mort, mmh. ce qui mmh. n'était pas le cas. Mmh. Mais le travail des militaires a été exceptionnel mmh. de précision, mmh. même s'il y a eu une centaine de victimes. But in fact, they uh, didn't have the, the right version. They, uh, they were told that uh, some people, the people, they had to free uh, some people in the prison who were imprisoned there uh, because they uh, were uh, going, they were to be killed. Executed. Yes, yes, executed, right? So that, uh, so that it was very important to bomb the prison. It's what mm -hmm. they did. Hmm? And so they did okay. a good job. He said yeah. they did a good mm, job. Very good job. Very good okay. job. Very, very good job. And um, uh, has he met um, many witnesses from um, the ride itself, people who, who saw the ride? Mm -hmm. Est-ce que vous avez rencontré des personnes vivantes ou des personnes qui ont assisté au crash ou quelques personnes, mais les personnes rencontrées, à part l'histoire de des deux aviateurs ici euh, qui ont été ramenés dans commencer à part cette histoire-là qui est exceptionnelle mm -hmm. les autres témoins au niveau de la prison ne savaient absolument rien du pourquoi de l'affaire oui. okay. donc the most of the people he met uh, didn't did know anything about that they, mm -hmm. they uh, didn't know anything so, uh, and, uh, so it was uh, difficult to, uh, to have their opinion or Yes, that's right. But what about people who saw it happen, eyewitnesses? Et les gens qui l'ont vu, qui ont vu le, le crash, vous en avez, vous en avez vu des gens? Ici, du crash. Oui. oui, oui, mais je n'ai pas eu de détails précis, mm -hmm. à part mm -hmm. les photos mm -hmm. qui sont exceptionnelles, quoi, mm -hmm. le, yes, en he, période de guerre. Yes, he had, he had some uh, uh, witnesses. Uh, who uh, explained what they uh, oui. saw, but... On m'a yeah? raconté que l'avion s'était cassé en deux, right. donc par des témoins quand même, mm -hmm. oui. So, yes, he knew that uh, some witnesses saw the plane uh, cut in two parts, mm -hmm. uh, broken in two parts, uh, so that uh, is sure of that, but uh, that's all. Mm -hmm. okay. And, and um, is, is he... Is he pleased that this is taking place today? Est-ce que vous êtes heureux de ce que des commémorations là, par exemple comme aujourd'hui, ce qu'on a fait? Oui, je suis heureux. Je suis surtout très content quand on comprend la raison de ce de cette action. Ce n'est pas un jugement du tout. C'est simplement la vérité. Je suis un fada de vérité. So he said that uh, he, uh, of course, it is interesting. But what's interesting, what is interesting for him, is to know the truth. And uh, yes, that's right. And it's all that he wants. In fact, he wants to know the truth. Is there more to find out, or do we know everything that happened now? Sorry. Uh, is there more information about the ride still to discover? 
Est-ce qu'il y a encore des, des, beaucoup de, de choses à découvrir ou est-ce que vous, vous pensez que vous en avez déjà découvert beaucoup Je pense qu'on ne trouvera plus rien. Mmh. Ça n'est pas prétentieux de ma part. Hein. Mmh. Euh, je pense qu'on est allé jusqu'au bout de, des possibilités. Euh, on ne trouvera jamais un document officiel, officiel euh... donnant la véritable version, mmh. parce qu'en plus, je suis certain que la décision a été ordonnée oralement ah. et mmh. n'a pas été écrite. Voilà. Voilà. Donc, il pense qu'il ne saura jamais, malheureusement, il ne saura jamais plus que nous le savons jusqu'à maintenant, parce qu'il pense que la version version en fait, était orale seulement. Donc, rien n'a été écrit. C'est pourquoi il a peur qu'il ne trouvera pas de nouvelles choses sur le Est-ce qu'il est Est-ce que vous cherchez encore Oui. Oui, enfin, je fais. Parce que je fais toute la guerre. Mais dites-lui, je, je publie le 15 mars prochain un livre qui va du 1er décembre au 1er mars 1944, mm -hmm. dans lequel je reparle du 18 février 1944. J'ai exactement la même version en condensé, mm -hmm. avec quelques informations supplémentaires de, qui précisent. D'accord. Et date, c'est du 1er décembre 1943 au... Au 1er mars 1944. Uh, 19... March uh, 1944. Yes. So, and when will Uh, deal with uh, the, the 18th of uh, February 1944. I thought it was a very successful commemoration. So 70 years have passed, but the deeds of this great airman have not been forgotten by all. Their memory will carry on, and the freedom that they strove for, and some gave their lives for, will continue to be enjoyed. In the special presentation you have heard at the former RAF Hunsdon, England, Dennis Sharp, lay preacher David Scott leading the service, Jim Cosgrove, Andrew Payne, Martin Goff, Linda Goff, Roy Howe, Glenn Thompson and Arthur Wingate. In Cambridge, New Zealand, Jenny Boone, Ray Tocker and myself, Dave Homewood. At Amiens in France, Tom Allett, Pierre Ben, and Dr. Jean-Pierre Dusselier. Special thanks must go to Dennis Sharp and Tom Allett 
for their part in the recording of the overseas portions of this episode. And finally, we remember Percy Charles Pick Picard, John Allen Bill Broadley, Richard Webb Dick Sampson, and Henry Shaw Brown, lest we forget. That was the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood.